Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gehring. And I'm Bobby Howe. What's going on, Alex? Ah, oh, well, it's been, a, it's been a good couple of weeks. So I think last time we met, I was talking about the fact that I was getting my basement finished, or that I was finishing my basement, really. Did I mention that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so it's been a lot of work. And I really have been kind of doing quite a bit of it myself um, with the help of a buddy that really knows what he's doing. So, I thought you were going to say with the help of YouTube. Well, and it's, it's also a lot of what I did myself was on YouTube uh, specifically. <laughs> so, so I decided, uh, and uh, I'm going to, I don't, I, I got to be careful about the way that I talk about this, but um, there were multiple people that were like, you know, don't get a permit, like just do the oh. thing. And I'm thinking, you know what, it would be, it probably is going to be a pain in the neck to, to get a permit, mm -hmm. but right. I like to follow rules. So I decided that I would go ahead and get a permit. And I have to say that I'm actually very glad that I, that I am going through this process right now. So I decided to go ahead and get a permit, which was a good decision. I'm glad that I did it. Mm -hmm. um, but I passed inspection yesterday officially. So they do my roughing inspection. Um, and, and this is mostly a testament to my friend that was helping me. Mm -hmm. uh, but he said that it was the best DIY rough-in uh, basement finish that he's seen, which brings me to two points. <laughs> Number one, yes, the, the, it, it is good, and I'm really proud of it, and it, I'm, I'm really excited to, to move on through the process and, and get it all done. But this also tells me that this guy probably doesn't see a lot of DIY basement finishes. Like, how many times, Bobby, are we out showing houses and we see some seriously shoddy basement finishes, especially basement finishes, and you know full well that those people did not go and get a permit, right? And I'm not saying that, like, I'm not making some kind of a statement about how you need to go get your permits. That's not, that's not the point of this. But what I do feel like it is, that there is well, no, just a second. There is a stigma against DIYers and against homeowners in general about going out and getting a permit. The reality is one, it's not that hard most of the time. But uh, other part of that reality is that you've got home, you've got, uh, when your inspector comes, it's really the luck of the draw. I mean, you could get somebody that really nitpicks the heck out of something and, you know, you, it's probably better than most people do. And uh, my point is that I actually feel like, number one, there would be increased tax revenue if people felt like uh, the basement finishing process and going through the permitting process was uh, an easy thing to do and wasn't going to be a burden to them. But also, it would improve, it would improve the quality of construction uh, as DIY. DIY is going crazy. Everything's DIY now, right? People right. really think that they can do anything. And as people feel more and more like that, it really would be nice if they would just get the darn permit so that we can make sure the quality of that DIY work was something. It was at least a little bit good. Right now, we've got all this stuff going on. We put the house on the market and we just say, yeah, no, no permits were ever taken or pulled for it. And since there's such a lack of inventory, the buyer buys the house and never bats an eye. I mean, it, it is really, it, it's, a, it's a tough deal. So tell your people to get their permits, one. And two, to all the counties and cities out there, don't make the process so darn scary. 
make sure that people feel like they can do it and make sure that people feel like they can confidently improve their home without getting in trouble and without you coming to hassle them. Let's, let's work together to generate more tax revenue and improve quality of construction. That's the end of my TED talk. I like your soapbox. It was a good soapbox to get on. And I agree. I mean, even, even stepping away from DIY basements or DIY projects in houses, even just the handyman wiring we see. I oh, mean, yeah. for me to go out showing a day and not have at least one house that has handyman wiring, and some of this stuff would even be a liability while it's on the market. I mean, I just showed a $300,000 house the other day. It's got some handyman wiring going down the laundry chute. You got a child that reaches in there and touches those live wires that are basically just right there. I mean, it's not just the house itself. I mean, it's a safety issue for the house itself, but it's even to the general public just coming through the house. Right. Stop it. Stop it right now, people. Of course, people listening to this aren't the people doing it. So that's right. Find better YouTube videos. That's right. <laughs> find find YouTube videos that aren't. <laughs> I, I don't know. If the quality of the YouTube video isn't very good, the guy probably doesn't know what he's doing with a wire. Yeah. I might be wrong. <laughs> thinking, thinking you're on the right track there, though. I was thinking you're on the right track. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yep. know. Anyway. Yep. Well, how so, are you doing? All right. I'm dreaming of traveling. You're dreaming of traveling? Yeah. 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 But yeah. I actually do. I get to travel to something in two weeks probably when this podcast is coming out i get to travel to something so Where do you get to travel to so what, what for i get to go to the lake of the ozarks for a a one-hour meeting but the meeting oh, isn't even the meeting isn't even going to take one hour they're just feeding us some lunch to make up for the fact that it's an eight hour round trip so the meeting is for the missouri realtors because i am a director for them i sit on the board of directors and our bylaws require that we meet three times a year. We met in January. We're good there. Um, however, our policy states that the meetings have to be in person. So in order for us to meet on Zoom or any electronic format or even on a conference call, we have to have a vote to change our policy to allow for electronic meetings and voting. So, um, so that we can meet our obligations to have met three times this year. So we'll have to meet in September and then we'll have to throw another one in quickly by the end of the year. Um, we have to pull us together. And so there's 400 directors. I think like a hundred have said they're coming. Our quorum level is only 40. So we've more than surpassed our quorum level. We're going to the Lodge of Four Seasons and I think they're putting us in their largest convention hall they have and socially distancing everyone in this room so we can take a one minute vote literally to do this. but this is this is this is why we have governing docs though this is why we have bylaws this is why we have policies we have robert's rules that you know basically talk about how we function as an organization and that these all things are all in place and you can't just organize i mean you can't just discard them by the side of the road because well that's silly in today's world you actually have to go and do the official things to make it right. So I'm taking my family with me and we're going to move over. We're not going to stay at the lodge because I like the lodge, but I'm taking my son with me. I know that's kind of how I feel, but I'm trying to be nice. Um, and we're going to move over to the former Tantara, now Margaritaville. And we're going to stay there all weekend because I feel like we can stay on that property and not have to leave. Like I can get my food. 
we could mini golf. They've got an indoor water park. There's the pool. We can do a bunch of socially distanced stuff, but not have to go out into public, if that makes go. sense. Yeah, it makes sense. So, well, so, good for you. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. You get a little vacation. I know, because I, I'm, I miss it. Yeah. You know, we've got the auction. And yes, we do. It's already occurred by the time that this is going out, right? Yeah. Sure, yep. The RPAC auction has already happened. So sorry. You missed out. Spoiler alert, I probably got a bunch of alcohol. That's more than likely what happened at the auction. If we're, I probably bought all of the alcohol. That's what I try to do every year. And I've typically bought an electronic that I don't need. <laughs> I think I've bought like three drones. I've bought every video game system when they come out on the auctions. I always, I think every year I get a new Apple Watch. Uh, I have some Philips Hue light bulbs. I bought those like four years ago. We've still not even installed those. Um, you send those to me. I like Should my I bring this to you too with Yarlow? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ryan will go through the things and he'll tell me, buy this, buy this. And I go ahead and buy them. And then they just sit and they don't do anything. So it's like, he wanted them. He likes them. I'll tell you what, with the basement finish, I maybe, you know, I haven't, I, I have to be careful about video games. So uh, fun fact about Alex, um, I used to have like a serious video game addiction. Like okay. I could do it for the entire day and, okay. and not even like go to bed. Right. Like it would, I would just, I, I would start like at eight in the morning and go until five o'clock in the morning and sleep for a little bit and then wake up and like, binge. It was right. bad. College in the summer when I didn't go home mm -hmm. was particularly bad. I would just, and I got too big too. That's when I got up to like 235 pounds or something. I was, it was, it was crazy. So video games are a dangerous thing for me, but mm -hmm. I feel like maybe I need to, maybe I need like a Nintendo switch or something. Or maybe I need yeah, to that's like, not, that wouldn't be as addictive, but Alex, if you need to fulfill your need to binge, you can come to my house anytime because I actually don't know that we've ever talked about this on the podcast, but we're big video gamers here. And one time when I was gone on one of my trips, I came home to my living room having two TV stands, two 60-inch TVs, two Xboxes, two Playstations, and two Nintendos sitting right next to each other. So my husband and my son can sit and play video game because you know, you used to be able to like put all four people on like Nintendo back in the day. You all had your controllers all yeah. again. No, no, no. You can't all play on the same set. You all have to have your own system, your own copy of the game. So, so we have like two copies anymore. of every game. We have two of, yeah, you can't split screen. So you have to have your own. So my, my front living room has two TVs and two of everything. It's like Noah's Ark showed up. What a world. See, I grew up in the, in the era of land parties. Mm -hmm. So like we, yes. would, I, we would all be in one house in like four different rooms with all of our Xboxes hooked up and we would just play a uh, Halo for an ungodly amount of time. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I probably shouldn't get a Switch, but I do feel like it'd be a little less addictive. It would be less. They don't play the Switch nearly as much here, but I mean, you can come on up. Uh, we still play Halo. We play Destiny. We play Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is a lot of fun. That's a pirate game. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a good time. Wow. All right. Well, maybe we'll, right. we'll have to play video games. If it's in yeah. somebody else's house, I can't get too attached. That's the deal. That's right. You have to well, leave sometime. 
one other thing, and I've told Jeff Carson this, and he judged me for like, I think that it completely changed the way that Jeff looked at me. Because I think that Jeff doesn't feel like I can really do anything bad. Um, I think that he mm-hmm. thinks I'm just a perfect angel. Um, and uh, so I, I spilled the beans one time to stop. <laughs> I spilled the beans one time to Jeff that for my birthday, what I'll do sometimes is I'll go out. To, and I, he made me feel so bad about it. I don't even know if I should say it on the air. I would go to Best Buy and I would buy like the whatever had just come out for my birthday, like for X, an Xbox, the newest Xbox or the newest PlayStation. I'd play it for a week. I'd go to Redbox, rent a couple of games, and then I would return it. And then I got my little thing out and I did it for free because they just took it back. They had a 14-day return policy. They do, yes. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get it out of my system and then I can return the thing. And, you know, no harm, no foul. Yeah. They can still sell it. It's like, you know, and he was like, you're a horrible person. <laughs> he looked no. me in the eye and told me I was awful. Carson has obviously never worked retail because that is the whole world. Ryan worked at GameStop for forever. He and I both worked at Champ Sports and Foot Locker for forever. The number of people that would buy a pair of shoes on Friday night to wear them out Friday night and then bring them back Saturday and get their money back. That's the worst person than using a video game system for a week and then taking it back. So no judgment here because I've seen it all. So good. But I'm not that bad. Bobby doesn't no. think I'm bad, so that's okay. Yeah, so you're, you're, you're Bobby. You passed the Bobby bar. I passed the Bobby bar. You know, speaking of alliteration, using your name, there's a, there's a part of the podcast that we haven't done yet. That's right. Um, we should do a book, a book bit. If you could book, say it. Book, book, book. <laughs> we should do Bobby's book bit. Do, 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 Bobby's book bit. Let's do Bobby's book bit. Do, do, Let's do Bobby's book bit. Do, 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 Bobby's book bit. Casey. All right. So today, I'm still pulling out of the stuff I've read before. And this one was one I read a long time ago. I was really digging through my basement, looking at my old books, and I decided this would be a good book. And I always try to sometimes see if I can get books that Alex hasn't heard of before, too. That's also sometimes my thing. And I don't know if Alex has heard of this one before, but it's called... The Art of Happiness. I'm looking for recognition on his face, whether he's heard of it or not. Okay. So I don't this, think book, this book is the result of a psychiatrist that interviewed the Dalai Lama on he, how he personally achieved inner peace, calmness, and happiness. And who the psychiatrist is doesn't really matter because really the book's just all about the Dalai Lama and his interviews with him. So the quote from the book that I pulled out, it's from the Dalai Lama, is my religion is very simple. My religion is kindness. So I just chose this book just because about the world we're in right now just seems full of a lot of angst. And we're all just angry all of the time about all of the things. Like we're just, something offends us, whether it's the color of the sky today or whatever it is. And so I just chose this book just about talking about inner peace and calmness and happiness. So my three takeaways from the book is, it's controversial, but we're going to talk about it anyways. You don't have to be religious to be spiritual. And that there's a certain calmness that comes from having a spirituality to yourself. The Dalai Lama says it doesn't matter which religion you belong to or whether you belong to any for that matter. He believes in basic spirituality, being compassionate, a good person, and caring for one another. And I think when you have some sort of spirituality to yourself and when you want to say, put yourself aside and care for someone else other than yourself, 
that that's a good thing. I mean, we're dealing with a lot of uncompassionateness in our world right now. And so I think we could all use a little bit more of that. The second lesson is the only constant thing is change. Suffering is a part of life, the Dalai Lama says, but by rejecting that, we make ourselves victims and start assigning blame when really there's none to be assigned. Resistance to change leads to suffering. We see that every day to people that are just so resistant to whatever's happening around us, but yet they're suffering from all of the things. And once you accept the change, you can openly address it, find the meaning in it, and learn from it. The third one is, this goes back to what I think every podcast has in it. This goes back to my say no more often, um, is the third lesson is know your limits. Be honest with yourself and with others about what you can and cannot do. If you're okay with not knowing everything, then you can openly admit it and you won't feel like a fraud. So rather than building confidence from the outside, build confidence from the inside by allowing yourself to be honest with yourself and with others. So do an audit on yourself. What are you really good at and what do you suck at? Go all in on the strengths and be honest with yourself and the world around you. So that is my book bit from the Dalai Lama. That's good. Yeah, that makes me feel better about not uh, quitting sports and not doing. Right. <laughs> I had to stop. You were that. honest with yourself and what you were good at and I what was. you were not. I was. Yes. So <laughs> that's a good. There book. you go. Now, Alex. Yes. Who are we bringing on today? Are we just going to talk the whole time? Because we could do that. We probably could. I, we're we're bringing on Don Dunavant. Yes, uh, broker at Reese Nichols. Yes. I love Don. She is so I've much never fun. Met Don. This is going to be my introduction to Don. Oh my gosh, I love Don. She does these amazing Facebook videos with the market stats, and she's always she's like she just has a lot of energy to her. You're gonna you're gonna love her. She's a lot of fun. Um, we're gonna talk about how the brokerage has been adopting, adopting, adapting in the COVID world and um, the effects she's seeing from all the changes because I almost started to say post-COVID, but it's not post. We're still right on into mid-COVID. Well, yeah. that's going to be an exciting conversation. You know, speaking of, speaking of COVID still being here, so uh, the, all of the schools have decided to postpone everything. And Spring not St. Joe. Not St. Joe, and neither did Spring Hill. So Spring Hill is, they're delaying a little bit, but uh, they're going to go back, I believe, two weeks earlier than uh, the rest of Johnson County, at least. Um, so we've got so many varying uh, schedules now. I mean, it always varied a little bit, but so many varying schedules now across the metro area. Um, and uh, I, I really feel like it could affect uh, what we see typically in August is just a little bit of a slowdown. I don't, right. maybe we won't feel that in August this year. Maybe that's going to be slightly delayed or maybe it'll be in later August, uh, just in anticipation of, uh, of schools being delayed just a little bit. I don't know. But just, yeah. just have a thought. It sure doesn't seem like it's slowing down at all right now at the end of July. No. It's wild out there. This whole year has been completely wild out there, but it's like when you look at, what was it? July? No, no. It's got to be June numbers because we're still in July. Inventory for July of 2020 versus July of 2019, inventory was down 45%. Insane. And inventory was already really low last summer. So you just take that and you take away almost 50%. It's insane. And, and we're, 
we're close to, it seems like we're at least six weeks in a row now of more contracts being written than listings yep. being taken on. I mean, we were at one and a half months of inventory last month yep. for June, or I guess two months ago yeah. now since this is in August. Um, but I mean, that, that number is just going to keep going down. I, I mean, there's just not, yeah. not much of an end in sight for a while. It's, it's really interesting, but it's, 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 a, it's a wild market. Mm-hmm. Crazy yeah. stuff. I wrote an offer like $25,000 over list price over the weekend. And did so, they get it? No, no. Is it 20%? Didn't get it. No, didn't get it. 20% down. Uh, we were uh, doing option one on our, uh, on the uh, uh, hold, or what is it? On the uh, yeah, I know what you condition mean. addendum. And then we were doing, uh, the lender had agreed to waive the appraisal because of how much they were putting down and all of that. So they agreed up front that they weren't going to order an appraisal. Still, still nothing. That's insane. That's insane. I've heard crazier. I've heard crazier. People lose $45,000 over offers. Anyway, so we should bring on Don to see. Bring her on. Yeah, let's bring her on. Let's do it. You ready? Yeah, that's ready. Let's go get her. Habitat for Humanity of Kansas City has been a partner of KCRARs for years. You've probably heard about the work they're doing to help provide strength, stability, self-reliance, and shelter for the community. But did you know they also run a secondhand store that benefits their organization? The Habitat for Humanity Restore sells household items from furniture to appliances to building materials like cabinets, doors, windows, and more. All the proceeds from Restore sales support Habitat for Humanity's mission to make sure everyone in the world has a decent place to live. There are three main ways you can support Restore and Habitat for Humanity of Kansas City. Donating, volunteering, and shopping. If you have a client who's remodeling or fixing up their home to sell, suggest they donate any unneeded items to Restore so they can be used to raise money for Habitat. Or, if they're looking for second-hand items, shopping at the Restore not only supports our community, but also supports building affordable housing around the world. So, if you want to learn more about how to donate and volunteer, or where you can shop, you can visit habitat.org slash restores. R-E-S-T-O-R-E-S. And we're back with Don. Welcome to the podcast, Don. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. We're excited to have you. Uh, we wish this could be in person so we could hug. Yeah, I need some hugs. For five more I years. Some, I know. Hugging is, is hugging going to be a thing? Like, or shaking hands? All of those things seem to be going away. No, I to tell you right now. So I saw Mark Solomon for his going away party today, and we hugged for like a good five minutes. So it got creepy towards the end because that's Mark, but that's fine. Um, so I'm good for a while. I got, I got some hugs in me. Good. <laughs> so Don, we brought you on to talk about the changes that are going on at the brokerage level and as a broker with everything that's going on with COVID. So what are some of the biggest changes your office has had to make? Wow, right? With everything going digital. I mean, we have to do all of our consultations via Zoom. I mean, Zoom has just been a lifesaver, mm-hmm. but your buyer consultations, your listing consultations, and you know, you still have to get into the house for your listing consultations, but 
the majority of the time you're doing a lot of interviews via Zoom or Skype or some kind of digital online. It's true. It's true. I, I, uh, we, uh, I, I've been using Google Meet a lot just because we've got G Suite. And so I'm, mm. I, I mean, it's, I can't imagine what life would be like without these things. If we were going through this 15 years ago, uh, what, what, what it would be like, I can't even imagine. First of all, because I was a child, but also because I have no idea. I just don't know how anybody could get through something like that with, without this technology. Well, Alice, I can even tell you how a kid's doing it, though, because my son, my son's seven, and they all got um, Facebook Messenger kids right about the time this all happened. All the parents allowed them to have Messenger kids. So what they'll do is they'll take their iPad, they'll pull up Messenger kids, like a big group of them, and they'll, you know, like kind of like we're doing on Zoom. But then they'll play video games together on the TV. So they talk all day long on their iPad while playing video games together at the same time. Now, how can we do that? Slow them down. (laughs) It's nothing for them. Know how to do it. They're teaching us how to do it. Now, Don, you've always been really advanced already, though. I mean, you do your (laughs) Facebook Live videos. Oh, don't laugh at me, though. Maybe you're just maybe you're just playing it up, but. You, all, you were one of the first brokers I saw start doing Facebook Lives with your market stat updates. You've always been ahead of the curve. So did it really feel like it was that much of a change or were you, did you feel like you were already starting to have some of the things you understood and so you didn't feel like you were starting at ground zero? Right. It wasn't so much me doing a lot of uh, classes and meetings on Skype or preparing the agents with Um, good PowerPoints that they felt comfortable discussing and changing our like buyer consultation books is a big thing that I start out with new agents. Um, Getting the client to come into the office and building rapport and a consultation and a good game plan so that when they finally went out into the field, they knew what they were looking for. They had a good relationship and they knew what the buyers were wanting. So they didn't waste a bunch of time running around. Well, now they're doing that online. So uh, we've been creating consultations and set PowerPoints that the, the agents are comfortable bringing it up and going over it with their clients online. And it seems to be going really well. I love that. It's the same thing. It seems like people have adapted faster than we maybe thought they could because there's always Absolutely. this to change. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, I, I feel like that went away all of a sudden when it was a necessity. <laughs> and I think that the public is comfortable with it. I mean, we were selling properties via FaceTime with people that were outside of Missouri. You know, if they weren't in the Kansas City area, we'd pull up FaceTime and walk through the properties and do videos of the properties. Now, when you're doing FaceTime versus a video of a property, at FaceTime, they're like, could you go back to that master bathroom again? And you're like, yes, and you're running down the stairs, (laughs) right? So I highly recommend the video over the FaceTime trying to sell properties from distance, but the the agents are getting really used to it. And I think the public adapted really quickly. Especially since our Facebooks and our websites are so robust, we give away so much information and value 
that they really do trust us and they find us credible because we've given so much value and free information that they're finally ready. And buyers are much more informed than they were before. I mean, they're pulling up Google Maps. They're pulling up the assessments. They know the area very well. They just don't know the process, right? More buyers are searching online for their properties. That's been common for quite some time. What they still need us for is walking them through that process. I think the biggest game changer was um, curbside closing, right? The title company, man, they couldn't miss a beat because they were the front lines. I, I felt for our title company because they were the ones that still had to don the mask and the plexiglass or run out to the car. I think that was the hardest part was um, the actual closing at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I'm kind of curious, uh, like for your sales meetings, you know, mm -hmm. did you do anything different there? What about just office procedures? Well, office procedures, everyone has to wear a mask coming in. And you don't come into the office unless it's something you have to take care of at the office. And of course, like every store, we have little signs that say, stand here and put on your mask and um, everything is cleaned off. We have these cute little, little kits by all the coffee machines that you have to clean it off when you're done. You gotta spray it down and wipe it off and it's not like you can use a regular Clorox wipe because you don't want to ruin the, the equipment. And at Reese, we have all these um, areas that are flex space, right? So all these public computers that people can come in and use and agents from around the city can come in and use. And so we have to keep all of that cleaned off. And I think that's something that's completely different is there's cleaning kits everywhere and I can't leave my office unless I put my mask on. So in my office, we can take our masks off. You take a step out and I'm like, I can't breathe. This mask has more makeup on it now than my face does. <laughs> oh, I'm so tired of those. It's, you know, it's, it really is a learning process because I keep putting on lip gloss and then I leave my house and then yes. I go, I'm going to need lip gloss because now it's going to be all over the inside of my mask. Right. And it's I'm, not a problem Alex has to worry about though, so it's fine. Not and you. I've got this little gangster nod now. I do this little <laughs> nod with my head instead of smiling at people because I'm like, I, I don't want them to think I have RBF, you know, I'm like resting right. you know what I mean <laughs> so that's the hardest part is that you know I like to smile at people and get a smile back and <laughs> that's weird nod thing with my head like what is it night at the Roxbury <laughs> you know you bob your head constantly I don't know what to do wave oh but then you know I it's even like so odd well, we were all noticing yesterday when we were all at the event at Union Station yesterday and we were taking photos with our masks on because we were in public because we were all still smiling under yes. our masks. Mm -hmm. No one could see it, but you can't not take a photo and not smile. Like, it's a thing. Right. It's weird. It is. It's fine. It's all good. But, you know, when you smile, your eyes smile, too. No. If it's, real, if it's a real smile, your eyes will smile. 
I need to get a magic marker and write on my mask that I'm smiling under here. I, mine should say, I'm smiling, damn it. That would be more appropriate for me. <laughs> it's fine. I do have, I don't have RBF, Don. I have ABF. It's very active. There's nothing resting about it. So it's fine. Um, Don, is there anything that your office has tried during this time that really just didn't work out? Like it was like, started out as like a great idea. And they're like, you know what? That's just, we're going to have to move on and try something else. Is there anything that's been like that during this time for you guys? Well, trying to get interactive um, or interaction during mm -hmm. meetings, right? Like, oh, commenting. Oh, hold on. Let me read the comment, right? So you always have to have someone that reads the comments or during sales meeting, somebody's in the next office and I'll be like, can you guys hear me? Please, somebody tell me. And I hear it from the other office instead of them unmuting. They say, yes, we can. And I'm like, thank goodness. <laughs> I share a new screen on Zoom and I'm like, can you guys see this pretty house? And nobody responds until I hear this yell from down the hallway. <laughs> I'm like, thank goodness. So I miss that interaction, especially yeah. live classes. I don't think that the agents ask as many questions as they do when we're live. And that over the shoulder kind of coaching has really changed. So that's the hardest part is I can't just sit next to them and go through dot loop. Mm -hmm. But they can be online and then they all have just their name up there instead of their face. So I'm like, are you texting or napping? <laughs> so if that's hard for someone that likes to teach, I miss the energy in the room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, gosh, where's everybody at? Yeah. But I know they're working because seriously, I, in June, we wrote double the amount of contracts this year than we did last year. Yes. So we were just talking about it. It's, it's crazy out there. Despite all of this, it's, it's, it's wild. It's a good thing. It's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. We, we need it, but it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy out there. So is there anything I, I've been saying that yeah, I feel like this kind of thing always pushes uh, the inevitable to just happen maybe a little bit sooner. And in a lot of ways, I think that there's, there's a lot of good to come from some, some of this in terms of advancement on technology, advancing our industry just a little bit. What are some things like that that you're, uh, that you're seeing? What are some trends that are a result of the pandemic that uh, you feel like we're going to carry on beyond it? that our digital marketing will get stronger right we all do the word of mouth and the wonderful ninja selling where we we wait for referrals and you know it's not like you can do a pop buy right it's hard to do your pop buys and to do your face-to-face -face market reviews you know those annual market reviews that are incredibly important and I believe not enough agents do we got to inform the public of the equity they have in their houses. Um, that's their largest financial obligation. And I'm always surprised by how many people don't know how much equity they have because they haven't heard from a realtor in years. Right. And they, if you have a financial advisor, you hear from them every six months to a year, right? So you know how your investments are trending. So it's very important for realtors to be doing the same thing, 
but now they can't just meet up for a 10 minute conversation. You know, they're doing a, a digital video and sending it out. I'm seeing more agents do um, more digital follow-up, so more video. So a buyer used to call in and be interested in a property. Well, now we're getting many more emails and website hits. So we have to make sure that digital marketing is robust and quick and responsive. So having a buyer survey or a seller survey, you know, from Google Forms or Google Docs, um, more agents are using those and more agents are using responsive video than they have before. Um, anything that you can automate in video, if you have a conversation or a notification that you have to do more than once, you need to record that so that as soon as you get that kind of a question, you can send that video out. And I'd rather do a video than type it all up. Man, I'll just, I can just riff on it forever. But man, if you make me write an article, I'm gonna be like, really, how many words? But we all are so used to talking. So put it in a video once, right? And then send that out. So. I'm seeing much more of that. Interesting. That's yeah. great. That's great. And and you're right. I mean, those are the kinds of things where I I really feel like those those needed to start happening anyway. Our industry to to start you know catching up with the times a little bit, and I, I do feel like this is going to push push a lot of that. Um, what about uh, any advice that you have for um, other brokers right now? Uh, maybe, yeah, well, what are some, what's some advice you have for other brokers? Well, I'm just surprised. Well, I'm not surprised, I guess I should say. It's, we all have that def default emotion that Tony Robbins talks about. Tony Robbins says that, you know, when big things happen, people fall into fear or um, helplessness, right? We all have a default emotion and mine is just to truck through, right? Like just to push through, you shut down and just grit, right? Grit and grind. And not everybody has that. So being aware that people are in their default emotion right now, that this is where they go when trauma happens, because seriously, this is traumatic. People are losing their jobs. People don't know what tomorrow is going to be. And I feel like I'm more of a life coach than a business coach these days. So understanding the feelings and then reframing our thoughts um, and what we can handle is probably my biggest ticket item right now is just breaking down. All right, this is how you're feeling. Is that disempowering or empowering? Is that an intentional thought or an unintentional thought? And how can we reframe that so that you can move forward in your business and in your daily life? That's, a, that's it. <laughs> you're awesome. Oh, you're I so told you. I you're told good. you. Knew this. <laughs> we need to have you on again. I know, right? Okay. Not, what have we not talked about today? What have we not talked about today? I don't know. What we should talk about. Kind of landed on all kinds of stuff. My. I know. We're all over the place. What else should we talk about? I don't know. Like, I always feel like there's some question you were dreading me asking you. And so now let's ask it and let's get it out of the way. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> somebody asked me that in an interview once. They go, what's the one thing you were most scared about me asking you today? 
And then they would add, and then you have to come up with an answer. And I was like, that's a horrible interview question. <laughs> so I want to ask you guys a question. So if it's all about digital marketing and okay. getting information out there, I would like to know what's your favorite platform that um, you feel like is uh, getting the most bang for your buck right now? Hmm. The best is so for prospecting in general? Yeah, prospecting or just informing your COI and your tribe. So you're trying to stay connected with your tribe right now and remind them of what you do and keep them educated on the market. What's your favorite platform for doing that? Or modus operandi? That's a good question. So we've, I, I use, we've got a brokerage system uh, that we have through Real Estate Webmasters uh, that I heavily use and, and I really like it a lot. Um, but to be honest with you, my primary is, is calls. Um, right now, I do feel like people want to be reached out to. If you asked okay. me a year ago, you know, how often I picked up the phone, the honest answer would be very few times in a week. <laughs> but now I'm, I'm making calls all the time. I feel like people really want that. I'm doing a lot of FaceTime calls just to check in on people and uh, to see how their families are doing. And um, and honestly, a lot of Facebook Messenger too. You know that a lot of people are spending more time on uh, social media than, I mean, they've already spent too much time on it, but I'm using a lot of Facebook Messenger. Um, and Me again, too. I, I love that. that. But it's true. Yeah. yeah, I love Facebook Messenger. I think more people respond or receive it because mm -hmm. they're on Facebook. Um, email is more informative but you're right facebook messenger just feels friendlier it does and you know I, I do think that there's something about like for me if somebody sends me a message i know that they know i'm online there is right. that green dot and i do think that subconsciously it doesn't bother me that they know that i'm online but i think to myself okay they know that i that i'm online. <laughs> You know, I'm like, I better get to that. I better get to that. There's some kind of accountability on the, on the response time. So that's true. And accountability, that's a great point because, um, we, I have an accountability group every week and that is what's kept people going. People can't hide if they're in an accountability group. And right now it's really easy to hide. Mm -hmm. It is, it is. Everybody else is because they're, they might not be in sales. So, you know, it's, it's, it's so easy to fall into that default because you see what your friends are doing on Facebook and a lot of them are hiding. Bobby, what about you? That's a good question. She, so, took, she took your, what I hear, yeah, I, I'm sure afraid, no, fine. What, what is it that you're afraid of? And she turned it around on us. That's the yeah. first thing. But it wasn't something I'm afraid of, so we're okay. We're okay. We're not talking about spiders and snakes, so we're okay. You're not scared. I'm not, I'm not scared. So, no. So phone calls, Facebook Messenger, I'm doing those things. Um, those, so Alex really stole my answer. But something else, a couple other things. Um, I've always been really big on handwritten notes. I love handwritten notes. So I still, you know, people love, I call it a smile on your mailbox. People still love to just see that thing that's handwritten. There's no typing on it anywhere. It's a handwritten address, handwritten note. Even if it's just something that was, I was thinking about you today, Bobby. It doesn't have to be a long thing that makes your hands hurt. And the other thing that I like to do is I like to sometimes just record like a generic video of just, hey, I was thinking about you today, just checking in on you, but then texting it to people. 
So it's kind of like a bomb bomb, kind of, but it's not coming through their email. It's coming on their text and it's just something different. Mm -hmm. I mean, my friends and I, we've all gotten really heavy into Marco Polo during this time. And it's kind of just nice to see each other face to face, but I won't Marco Polo my clients. I've wasted a lot of time on Marco Polo. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, but it's still just that nice to see that face to face with the other person and got a lot of just from just saying a quick, but I don't like long videos because I'm one of those people that if I'm scrolling Facebook and the video doesn't have captions, I may or may not stop. So true. So you know what one of my favorite things to do right now? So I need humor. Like Abraham Lincoln used to carry yes. a joke book with him, right? So I'm big into humor. So you know how we get every day we get the birthday list. It's everybody's birthday on Facebook, right? Everybody puts a happy birthday on their board. So I've started going into the video and choosing a funny filter and singing happy birthday with a weird filter. And I love that. Everybody loves uh -huh. goofy video. Anything that will make you smile these days, I'm totally embracing. Yeah, and they feel like you put so much effort into that, even though it took you just a few seconds to do, but you stood out away from all the other messages, all of the other things. And that's all it is right now, is just be, not being a part of the noise, but actually providing something that's different. Right. And anything to put a smile on somebody's face. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was the class clown, right? Like I just enjoyed making people happy and giggling. Right. So that is one of my all time favorite things to do. Like I don't dread sending out birthday messages because I'm like, oh, this one, the Martian one is my favorite right now where I'm floating in space doing a goofy birthday jig. That is my favorite. That's, that's the highlight of my day. <laughs> the value of humor is it's it is really underrated and i i feel like there's a lot of people that stray away from it for a fear of of seeming unprofessional and i think you're spot on I mean, right now that could be that couldn't be further from the truth it is what people need i, mm -hmm. I really you're yeah. you're right it's, yeah. it's the sunshine and humor those are the two best medicines i believe I agree. Yeah, and gratitude. You know, when we say thank you, that's a really good thing too, I guess. But I like humor. <laughs> well, this has been great, Don. We're really yes. glad to, to have had you. And like I say, we should have you back at some point. Maybe a, a rehash uh, what things uh, we are taking out of COVID once it's actually done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Done. I do. I think more people are following up with people now too. So we'll follow up with each other and see how we can help later on. Nice segue. That's good. That's good. All right. Well, thank you for being with us. Yes. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. We will definitely have you back. Um, and it's just been so fun just to hang out with you today virtually. It's been awesome. So thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. That was fun. <laughs>